This episode is brought to you by Lipson. Planning to start a podcast? Look no further than Lipson. Lipson is one of the biggest feature-rich podcast hosting platforms in the world. Lipson is IAB certified, offers many hosting plans, and you can start for as low as $5 a month. Aspiring podcasters who listen to the show radio can get one month free by using the promo code TSR. Use promo code TSR at checkout to get one month free. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the show radio. This episode 649 of the show. I'm your host, Andrew. Hey, guys, and I'm Danny. And this is your source for tech, gaming, and entertainment news. And today, we have some handhelds that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, definitely the OLED and the PlayStation Portable, the stuff that's going on there. Also, the nominees from the Game Awards. We're going to talk about that for sure. And that show is going to take place on December 7th. And we're looking forward to seeing all the excitement that's going to happen at the Game Awards. Daniela, how are you? Pretty good. It's actually been a pretty exciting week with um, some news coming out. Things to be looking forward to. A little bit dry the weeks before, but, you know, we got stuff to talk about this week. Well, yeah, we definitely have stuff to talk about this week. And I think there was also just random news here there was an update for obs now obs is is at version 30 right so look forward to that if you are using the obs platform i definitely see what the changes are i may pull it up later to see what the changes are i just saw the news a little bit earlier before we started recording but uh, the nominees the nominees game of the year i know some individuals are not necessarily excited about it Uh, i think there's some some great titles there. Some things that we've expected uh, before we even saw this um, well-produced, very to the point show uh, preview, if you will, by Jeff Keighley and you know the production team. So when we're looking at this list, game of the year, we have Alan Wake Two, Baldur's Gate Three, Marvel's Spider-Man Two, Resident Evil Four, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, and the Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Daniela, any thoughts on this list? Anything that you thought should be here? Okay, and we can actually have the conversation. What's going on? See, I have this whole thing. When it comes to nominating games that came, like, that come out later in the year, for example, Alan Wake 2, Spider-Man 2, like, there's got to be a cutout date. Or games, like it should be games that go from fall to fall, not from like mm. winter. I, I consider this winter time. I don't know when people consider what fall is, but I feel like October, no, maybe September be the cutoff date. So from September to September, because these games are still fresh and still new. How is it making it to the game of the year nominations? How? I don't yeah. that that is like that is something that drives me nuts. I'm not saying those games are bad. I'm not saying that they don't deserve to be nominated. I don't know if they should be nominated for this year particularly or this past year. It just it hasn't been out long enough. So I feel like there's yeah. a lot of games that came out this year that maybe should have been on there and it's not. And I'm going to say it, and people are going to be upset about it, whatever way you feel about it, it is very clear. If you look at all of the categories, all of the games, but you get really tired of seeing the same games (laughs) in some of these categories. But the biggest thing I saw that on Twitter is that, you know, regardless of what side that you take on the issue, um, a lot of people felt that Hogwarts Legacy should have been on there. Now, I won't say that I agree or disagree with that, but when that game came out and for the people who decided to go and buy it, play it, enjoy it however way they wanted to, regardless of what was going on on the political side of it, um, found the game to be fantastic. They loved the score. They loved the gameplay. They loved the story. They loved the depth. They loved everything about it. And it's not in here at all in any one of these categories (laughs) but i'm just like okay so game awards took a very strong stance on that i respect it but i mean to a lot of people they would consider that to be their game of the year if it was not or or even for any of these 
score narrative, um, best score music, um, performance. It's kind of, I don't know. It's a very interesting thing. I mean, some of these categories, I agree with what they chose on there and you get really a lot of repetitive things. But just for me, my biggest gripe is having games that came out within the last like couple weeks or the last month that get nominated to these categories. Hmm. Yeah, I think that I guess from, from my perspective, game of the year, as long as it releases within the year. Uh, if it makes it, then it makes it, right? I don't know what process or, or system that they use to make the decision which game is going to make it. Um, I don't know if it's, um, you know, the the way the game is received in the marketplace, you know, for that year. You know, the one that makes the most noise, you know, I don't know. But, you know, the fact that it released within that same year uh, to get here for for December or or before December 7th, before the show, uh, I think it should be in there if it released in the year. Now, based on what you said about the Hogwarts legacy situation, it is very interesting that no category, you know, <laughs> that game is present. Right. And, you know, not like you said, it, not a single one. And even when you look at, you know, a particular uh, category when it comes to best RPG, that's the only category Starfield is in. And, you know, I definitely wanted to talk to you about that. But before we get there, any other thoughts on the Game of the Year stuff before I ask you some thoughts about the Starfield am, thing? I'm very, very happy because I really love this game. I'm super happy that Bemba is in a couple of those categories. We, we covered that game um, a few episodes back, and I really enjoyed that one. It was a short, sweet indie game. So I'm I'm really glad that that was put in there. I'm I'm glad it made it up there. I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah, for sure. Like after game of the year, there's a game direction, uh, there's narrative. We see a lot of the same titles in there, you know, Spider-Man, we see, you know, Mario, we see Alan Wake. And then uh, the category for best RPG, I wanted to scroll down to that particular category and, you know, get your take for like how, hmm, how should I ask this? So Starfield was a very, very big title, uh, big marketing, uh, very anticipated and it just seemed to me like based on watching, you know, people play it and, you know, go through the process of enjoying the game, the the buzz for the game died out really, really quickly. And I just wanted to get your take on that. Is it just me or like what's your take on that? I think the expectations that people put behind that game because yeah the marketing for it was stellar it was absolutely amazing and it did its job to get people hyped up but i think because of that there were some really unrealistic high expectations that people had i'm not saying the game was bad whatsoever but when you get people that excited and they just like overbuild this imagination of what this game can be and our imagination, human imagination is incredibly strong and creative. And it just said something that's really, you know, you, you can't, you can't meet that sometimes. And I, I personally think that's kind of what happened. I'm not saying the game is bad whatsoever. It just, people got really excited. They jumped into it and like, maybe it just didn't meet that, what they were expecting. Yeah, and, I find it I find it interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, and I and I think that's, that's like the big part of it. Um, I mean, it had some decent, you know, ratings. Like it got in like a pretty solid seven across the board out of ten. <laughs> I'm not saying that's a bad game, um, but I I think it was kind of to to be hyped up that big. I don't I don't know. And I think maybe in future, like, you know, updates, whatever they may add on to it or not add on to it could, you know, improve that. But I think that that was the big part of it. Yeah. The other thing, too, this was a while ago. Uh, we may have talked about this where, you know, at first I was very hesitant to jump into the Xbox Game Pass. And now, you know, I I do check out some of the games in the Xbox Game Pass. And one of the things, even in the marketing when we start seeing more 
Xbox Game Pass talk was that, you know, you own the games because they're on the pass, but you only you're only holding them until you stop paying for the for the thing. Right. So there was always that. And and I wonder, you know, if when games release on the Game Pass, even though I enjoy it, you know, does it do the game a disservice, which, you know, I'm I'm conflicted with that. Right. And I'm I was very surprised to see Starfield just being in one category. Now, this particular category, best RPG, you have Sea of Stars, Lies of P, you know, Final Fantasy 16, I believe there, and then Baldur's Gate 3, you know, for that particular category. I've heard great things about, you know, Lies of P, also Final Fantasy, you know, 16 as well. So I wonder if they're if they're even going to win that category, right? I just think it's very interesting. Any any thoughts on that? Um I think I think you covered a, a great portion. I don't I don't know. I think it's just weird. I think I think all of the games nominated for this for this year's Game of the Awards is just super weird to me. Hmm. I think just overall, like I, I just like I think as much as I think of, and I agree that possibly Hogwarts Legacy should have been nominated. I think equally Starfield should have too because. Why not? I mean, yeah, okay, so the scores are, are okay, but I think overall the game was pretty successful in its launch and even the weeks after that. I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just me. I I just think it's all weird. Yeah, so uh fighting, so when we go look at the fighting game category, we do have Street Fighter, we have Mortal Kombat 1, Nickelodeon, All-Star Brawl 2. Pocket Bravery, God of Rock, and Street Fighter. You know, I'm 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 definitely biased, but I could see Mortal Kombat one taking it. You think so? Yeah, I could see Mortal Kombat one taking it. I mean, Street Fighter is I'm biased because I've been playing it since the '90s, right? But I mean, Mortal Kombat. It's it's really, really good from what I've seen and, and how it's been received in the marketplace. Street Fighter definitely, you know, changed up with how you're able to move in the world and, you know, gather, you know, your abilities and kind of like this, you know, RPG-esque environment that they added into the game and how you're able to move around and stuff. And I think that's fantastic. You know, that is definitely a, a new a way to embrace and move around Street Fighter, which I think is is amazing. But Mortal Kombat, I mean, it's Mortal Kombat. You know, I, I think I, I think I gotta agree with you on that one. Actually, I think it would be Mortal Kombat one. I'm sorry to the other three games that were nominated with it: God yeah. of Rock, Nickelodeon All Star Brawl two, and Pocket Bravery. I'm sorry, I have <laughs> I haven't even heard of those three games. I'm so sorry. But um, yeah. it's definitely going to be between Mortal Kombat one and Street Fighter six. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think MK1 definitely has a little bit more of an edge on that. Yeah. So, so even when you look at, you know, even when you look at Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2, it's really an apology because the first game was not that great. Right. So even with the marketing of All-Star Brawl, you know, it's back bigger and better than ever with new gameplay campaign characters, voiceover modes and more. All that stuff is great. But you're you're actually correcting some of the mistakes that was made in the first game and the second game, you know, which is All-Star Brawl 2. So maybe that's enough. It did get a great rating, not out of 10 for IGN, not out of 10 for Steam. But I don't know if that's enough for against going going against Mortal Kombat. I don't think that's enough going against Street Fighter. Right. So. um, But yeah, I think those last two are going to be the one standing really. And I think Mortal Kombat might take it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not excited about that. Best best adaptation, right? That's a new category. Yeah, um, adaptation is definitely one of the new ones. Yeah, I'm not excited about that because I'm a big Street Fighter fan. I don't play Mortal Kombat that much. I haven't really played Mortal Kombat maybe since 10, maybe. I checked it out really quick. And before that, maybe four or five, right? So I haven't really kept up on the Mortal Kombat stuff. I think 10, 10 was my last one. 
Yeah. But, but I didn't I like full on dive into it or anything. Yeah. I got to give them the props though, because I think they're doing a fantastic job with the characters that they're adding into it, you know, for, for that world and that universe, you know, um, you know, the dad from, you know, Invincible and, you know, they're going all in with uh, the collaboration and the cross collaboration. So I don't know. I think more comment might take it. So the, those are my thoughts on that. Uh, so best adaptation you said for, uh, so you have Castlevania, you have Gran Turismo, Last of Us, Super Mario Brothers movie, uh, Twisted Metal, never saw Twisted Metal. I believe that's on Peacock. Super Mario Brothers was amazing. Last of Us still didn't finish that. Gran Turismo was dope. Uh, Castlevania, I know you, you have uh, checked that out and that is absolutely amazing from what I've heard. So that's a tough category too. It It is. And I'm going to say... I got to say, it's going to be between the Super Mario Brothers movie and The Last of Us, but I think it's going to be The Last of Us. Okay. I think it's going to be between Gran Turismo and Super Mario, and I think Super Mario is going to take it. Oh, really? I, uh, I don't know. So if <laughs> have, it you was, seen, okay, have you seen Gran Turismo? Gran Turismo, though, is based off of a story of somebody who played it, which is great. Super, I'm not saying that's bad, but is it really an adaptation? Have you seen, have you seen it? Have you seen it? No, I haven't. My son. You my should. Son you should. You movie. should. You should. It's, it's a great story. I, I'm, I know it's a great story. I, it's I a great story and a story. To go with and, and do there. But is it a game adaptation? I don't know if I would, I would classify. I, I would love that. to hear your thoughts after you watch it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to say anything about it because it's one of those movies where they did so good. It was surprising. The way they were able to incorporate not, not just the culture, you know, of driving, but at the same time incorporating the game and incorporating, you know, where, the story was, you know, who the story was inspired from and all that, all that put together. And, you know, of course, drama. And I think the acting was, was decent because you had, you know, some great actors in there as well. That was well done. You know, um, I really enjoyed it. That's definitely a classic for anyone who not only plays games and are inspiring to use, you know, that particular vehicle to, you know, broaden, or go into different arenas, you know, you could do that, you know, gaming allows a lot of things, not just, you know, the enjoyment of the game itself. Right. So yeah, Gran Turismo is definitely one to pay attention to, but Super Mario made a billion, right? It did. So <laughs> right. I think it's between the last of us and super Mario brothers, but I'm trying to <laughs> right. stick with the last of us. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, didn't see twisted metal. Um, it's, I haven't heard anything. I don't know. I, you, I don't think you're missing anything. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I just had to say, but I don't feel you're missing anything. No, that's fine. That's fine. And and Castlevania, I heard is dope. You know, yeah. I heard is really dope. Uh, any other categories you want to hit? Like I see content creator of the year. Any of these individuals that you're familiar with their content or? No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Cypher PK, you know, I was saying on the um, TRX, um, are the spaces that cypher pk i've heard the name uh the other individuals you know iron mouse quackity spring uh people make games those are the individuals in in this category i'm not familiar with any of them but i've heard the name uh cypher pk so uh we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens there uh esports game uh dota uh league of legends PUBG, mobile uh, valorant counter-strike 2 um i say valorant or league of legends We'll see. We'll see how how that plays out. And I'm not familiar with the teams or anything like that or the coaches. No, I'm not familiar with any teams or coaches or anything like right. that or really necessarily the esports events. But I feel like those are the awards that they like, okay, we have like 15 seconds to kill. Pick the nominees yeah. and announce a winner and we're going to go to the next world premiere. Yeah, I mean, Evo is definitely one I, I do want to attend at some point. You know, because I, I think that, um, you know, that finding scene 
it's just something they're you know charged up about that particular scene so at some point i definitely would love to see you know what you know how they do those events you know i've seen i've seen some of the fighting stuff at events where they had a section where people were playing either street fighter and you know they had the big screens and you sit down and watch them i think that's pretty too that pretty that's pretty cool but i actually want to do the the evo and and see what what it's like to be at those events and the the other thing I wanted to add here too, I think between Evo and even watching or seeing the article that uh, Pokimane now has her own snacks. I don't know if you you saw that floating around a I little saw bit. That. She's getting yeah. paid for rebranded stuff, and I'm like, sir, have you been to like Trader Joe's? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I did see I did see that. Um, I think the org- one of the organizations, I don't know if it's an organization or the the team that she's a part of, like the RTS group, because um, I was looking at this earlier. I just want to add it in uh, for the record. So uh, in October 27th, I guess uh, this goes back a few years. Um, she is the RTS co-founder. And I think one of the events that they actually do is the Evo event. Um, and I th- I didn't know that. I didn't know that, but I thought that was interesting because when you look at the webpage for RTS.gg, uh, she's listed on there um, and their gaming event uh, is Evo. Uh, they're, I guess they're behind that. So I thought that was interesting. So just, you know, fun facts, if, you know, you're listening and you haven't paid attention to any of these, you know, content creators, how they're, you know, they're not just streaming. They have companies They're you know, they have snack lines. We see Mr. Beast do it and we see. You know, the uh, Logan Paul, you know, with um, I think he has a drink um, line out. And then you also have the. Um, is it the, I'm trying to think if it's the Nelk, the Nelk um, boys, I think they have a line um, for for their. I know they do the full sin podcast, but I think I'm trying to figure out if they have merch or if they have a drink line, too. Um, so I'm going to hold off and say I'm not sure about the drink line, but I know they definitely have merch and their po- podcast is is one of um, the ones that that's out there um, getting a lot of traction. So, so yeah, so uh, fun facts and fun takes there. Um, any other thoughts with this uh, this I nominees? Do, I do have one though, which I think is incredibly cool and very, very interesting to me. Considering if you want to compare it to Starfield, Hi-Fi Rush has, I think, five, five nominations and do five different categories, obviously. And Hi-Fi Rush was like a surprise game that had no marketing, <laughs> right? And did amazing. Right out of the gate, no marketing. We're just going to drop this on you. Here's this game. Go have fun with it. I think it was obviously on the on the Game Pass for free, um, but I think if you got it anywhere else, I think it was twenty nine ninety nine, and um, people had fun with that, and it had five nominations. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. Who, I don't even know how much they spent on their marketing. Gets one. So that is pretty yeah. cool and pretty amazing for that team. Yeah, it is. It is, you know, so, so it, it was really good, right? Uh, music was really fantastic. And, and I think sometimes when we look at some of these games, you know, although marketing can do a, a great job of pushing a lot of, uh, a lot of things, it, it's just one of those things where if it's good, it's going to get traction. Right. And I think, I think that's the other thing too, you know, although, you know, it's great to have, you know, big companies uh, that are marketing companies to push a particular thing that you're doing, whether it's, you know, a book or, you know, your, your projects or whatever documentaries, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's great to see that whether you like it or not, if there's a platform to distribute the stuff, you know, whether it's YouTube or whatever platform you want to choose, it's going to get traction. And I think what they, we saw that thing on one stream, right? Yep. And that was it. People rushed to go and play. Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah. Yeah. 
and, and that I, was it. I just think that's really cool. I, I really do because I let's see, let's see, what are the categories they were nominated into? Um, best score in music. Yep. Uh, best art direction. Best audio design. Innovation in accessibility. I know there's one more that I saw it in. Like, oh, and best action game. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to win something because it was really, really well done. You know, the the graphics, of course, you know, nostalgic in nature in a lot of ways. And I think I think we'll see at least one win from that. I, I guess that's my hope for, for them. Oh, for sure. I, I definitely think they, they have got to win one of those categories. At least one. But yeah, that's a, yeah. That's just something else that I, I found interesting because a lot of these games, um, excluding indie games, because usually indie studios don't have as big of a marketing budget, but they try their best. They they go out and they do like, you know, wholesome games. Um, they, you know, Day of the Deads, you know, they put out their their games wherever they possibly can. Whereas all these other AAA studios who have the marketing and the budget puts it out everywhere. So right. I think it, it's pretty cool to to see this game that came out of nowhere just, you know, up there with these other, like, best art direction. These are some pretty amazing games that it's up there with. Alan Wake 2, Lies of P, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, and The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Like... <laughs> Come on. Yeah. No, it's, it's going to do good. It's going to do good. It's going to do good. Uh, yeah. So the next thing we have on here, I'm looking at uh, the docket live action Legend of Zelda. What do you think about that? Oh, I can't wait till they announce like, you know, who they're casting in there. I, I don't know. I don't even know who, which actors and actresses. Um. I would want to see in there. I did see somebody post on on Twitter slash X over here that it would be great if um, Link was um, actually deaf to go into the lore as to why he just never talks. Mm. And I'm like, that would be a very interesting concept. I'd be down for that. That'd be really interesting. But as far who who should play Link or Zelda, I... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Who's the guy that played Dune? Uh, who? The guy that played in Dune. I don't know. I've, I haven't watched Dune yet. Timothy Chalamet, whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah, the recent Dune was. Um, I don't know the guy's name. Uh, yeah, yeah, that guy. There's probably a fan that like you can't even say his last name correctly. You're correct. I can't chat. Yeah, I, 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 I could see. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see. I could see him being casted in Zelda. Possibly, possibly Link. I can see that kind of elvish features on him. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's what that's what I was thinking about when I first started seeing. Uh, the Zelda live action stuff go around. So, so if if they actually do that, that'd be that'd be pretty dope. I don't think I saw it anywhere yet about what the live action feel be. It's based off of one of the many Zelda games, or mm. it'll be its own thing within the universe. Mm. I wouldn't mind if it was based off of. Just starting from the beginning of all of the Zelda games. <laughs> all of right. them. But I think it would yeah. be cool. Just like its own thing adding on to the universe. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, I'll watch it. You know, game adaptation. You know, I'll, I'll definitely watch it. So we'll see. We'll see what happened with that. With that. Uh, next thing we have, discover Stoic Serenity's Meditations from the Wisdom Books, a transformative journey merging ancient wisdom with modern life. Crafted from Seneca, Marcus Aurelius, and more, these meditations empower you to overcome challenges, embrace tranquility, 
and nurture meaningful connections. Join the ranks of those who found solace and timeless wisdom. Stoic Serenities is available now on Amazon as an ebook, paperback, and hardcover. Links in the description of this podcast. Daniela, next thing we have is the PlayStation Portal. Portable mm. Portal. <laughs> Sony's new PlayStation Portal that launches November 15th is a $199.99 device that does just one thing. It streams games via Wi-Fi off of your home PlayStation 5, requiring that you already own Sony's pricey console. That's the first paragraph in this article. And yeah, so what's your take on, on this device? You know, I know that there are a few of them out. There's a few of them that do a little bit more. We have the OLED Steam uh, deck that we're going to talk about in a few as well. Uh, so what do you think about this device? $200 is overpriced for this PlayStation portal. I think even when they first announced it, like I was already disappointed. <laughs> Look, how can you go from having this really well-renowned portables you had the psp you had the vita and it had such a great fan base and user base it was loved and everybody thought it was awesome and then like you're kind of coming out with a handheld but it's not really a handheld like i have to play it on my home wi-fi where my playstation is at to be able to enjoy it so that i can play it on a different chair i can play it in bed I don't, I don't know, but $200, I'm not, I'm not impressed with that. Like I want a true handheld, not some remote play. Like I want a true handheld. That's kind of why I just, I I have this thing against, against the cloud-based ones. Like, like you have to have Wi-Fi or some type of hotspot, some type of internet to be able to utilize it like i i me personally is not my thing it's not a product that i'm going to be buying into and i love my playstation i do not like the portal Mm. maybe if you had a price point maybe 150 but even then i think that is just that's a bit much like i just i'm not i'm not feeling that at all and I feel like in, so it releases, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, it releases tomorrow, which is November 15th. Um, I'm going to give it like on the high side, six months before it just drops the price down to 150 hmm. And come next holiday season, it'll be on, I don't know, their Black Friday sales for like 99 that's interesting. That's how I'm feeling about it. Like to me, it's like it look it looks cool. This little boomerang looking thing over there. But <laughs> at this point, I would have taken. I would have rather had like, I don't know, a better, stronger PlayStation app to play my games on my on my phone and just hook it up to my controller. At this point. <laughs> Like, yeah, I just to me, I'm not impressed with it, especially when you have like Lenovo Go, you have obviously Nintendo Switch going strong still. You have the Steam Deck. You I think RG has their own as well, too. And then you come up with this. No. Okay, a strong stance there. (laughs) I mean, uh, my thing is like, I don't. I don't mind it because I understand that they're trying and and they will keep a lot of individuals in their ecosystem when they offer products like that. I don't ever see them, you know, doing something that allows individuals to be outside of that. So, for example, the other day I was talking about Uncharted multiplayer. Uncharted 2 multiplayer, I believe, is one of the greatest adventurous multiplayer uh, that we've seen um, in years past that never showed up in other places. It, it's always been locked in the PlayStation ecosystem, even when they release some of the games outside of 
that to PC, the multiplayer never carried over because they want you to pay that subscription to play that title and that ecosystem with the multiplayer. I think that's still a thing. I don't know if they've changed that. You could play multiplayer without without needing the subscription, uh, paying whatever it was, you know, 14 bucks or, or 999 or whatever they're paying now because of a different tier. So it's like they want you to be in that ecosystem. Whatever that means, they're going to keep you there. So I was thinking about how great uh, I think for me, Uncharted 2, which I think that was the first one I played. Maybe one a little bit, but really two is what captured me for Uncharted. And I just, you know, just love this series ever since and then played the multiplayer and I thought it was amazing. We've never seen it really anywhere else. And it makes sense. And for it makes business sense. Like if they were to resurrect it, they'll keep it within that ecosystem, maybe bring it to PlayStation 5 in some way, shape or form. But I get that part. I get that part. But I don't think that they're really trying to compete with you know, the Steam Deck or the ROG, as you mentioned, uh, they may they may be competing with uh, like the Logitech G Cloud or, you know, or, or something like that. And then you mentioned the, Leno- the Lenovo device and there's other companies that their names like I don't even know how to pronounce the name properly. Um, I think one starts with like an A and then they have like other models of their um, units, you know, for, for the portable devices as well. So there's quite a few of them out there. So I think, I don't think they're really competing. I think they're just offering a line because that handheld device is being received in other areas by way of market share. And rather than letting everybody get that market share, they want to get it for themselves. That's how I see it. Yeah. I'm not sold. (laughs) (laughs) I know you're not. I know you're not. I mean, that's just, that's, you know, that's what it is. Like, will I ever see this unit or want this unit? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. At this, at this current time, there's no desire for me to get a PlayStation five. Right. Um, most of the stuff that I'm doing is on PC. I'm probably leaning more towards the steam, um, anything right by way of a handheld device, because all of my games as of late, I'm trying to make sure that if I don't have to you know, get anywhere else, I'm going to get it on Steam. And I think Steam has done a great job to keep you there and their ecosystem. And the fact that they have a device now that everyone seems to love and enjoy. And now they have the OLED version, which we'll talk about in a few. You know, I think that that's what it is. Keep individuals in the ecosystem if you can, you know, offer them incentives to stay there. And that's where we are. Whoever gets the PlayStation Portal, you're not a hater like me, and you truly enjoy it, and it was worth, you know, the value. It adds value to your gaming, your your life, everything. <laughs> Regardless of what I say, I generally hope people are enjoying it in their purchase. Because, you know, it, currently if you go to the website, it's currently unavailable, which means that all their pre-orders are fully out. Um, So that's always a good thing i'm just it's just not for me no i i dig it i dig it i dig it um yeah so so those are some thoughts there and so next up steam deck oled so what what do you think about that i've said mantra that i i i don't i don't need it i don't need the steam deck oh OLED, I don't need it. I need, I want it. I really want it. But pre-orders for it opens, I believe, on the 16th. I am not going to jump on it. It is a nice little upgrade and, and, you know, quality of life upgrades to it. I'm still really happy with my Steam Deck. I've had that for just over a year now. Um, I still use it regularly. It's the only time I can fit in my, my gaming is when I'm on the go. Because that doesn't require me to have a cloud service there. <laughs> um, but man, does that OLED look good. And I want yes, the one does. terabyte version. I want it so bad. If somebody wants to get that for me for Christmas, you know what? I'm not going to say no. I I just, for me right now, I cannot. I, I cannot. I know this has got to be what... um. God, what is the phrase that we use for it? It's escaping me, but it's like the mid, 
mid lifespan there. I can mm. wait the next two, two, three years for the Steam Deck too. I think I think my current Steam Deck will I will be happy with it for a bit. Would I be happy with this new one? Yes. But that is beyond the point. And I can't just be like throwing money at it. I didn't even do my Christmas shopping yet. So I definitely can't get something from myself before I get anything else for anyone else. Um, but man, that looks so good. Yeah, it does. And I want it. Ugh. It looks it looks fantastic. Yeah. It's it's just one of those things where you're like, yeah, you know, at some point, you know, I'm going to start saving towards this or, you know, however that works out. I need to have it because I'm in the Steam ecosystem. To me, it just makes sense because all my games, like the last two Spider-Man games, uh, I was like, hey, I'm buying them on Steam. I'm not playing them anywhere else. You know, any retro style side scroll them, you know, beat them up, anything. I play, I play it on, on Steam. So Destiny, I play on Steam, you know, I, you know, Call of Duty, I play on Steam. We can go down the list, right? So to me, it will make sense at some point to invest um, in that experience for me to take with me and then go from there. Yeah. I want it. But yes. if you're still looking, if you're, if you're looking at it, I mean, the pre-orders for this opens up on November 16th, and I think it says 10 a.m. Pacific, I believe it is. But if you want the OLED, you know, just be careful when you're ordering it. The lower priced one, the $400 one, is still the LCD screen. Um, so it starts at the 512 gig OLED for $549 and goes up to the limited edition one, which is the one terabyte for $679. And I feel like if you're going to spend, like, there's a there's a limited edition one that's $30 like more the base one I, I'm assuming once a limited edition is sold out is six forty nine for the one terabyte. Oh, yeah, I don't remember good. how much I paid for my Steam Deck, but you know what? It probably was around that price point. Yeah, yeah, it looks it looks really good. It looks really, really good. But my thing is just like with the with the card, you can just buy the five forty nine and put the card in, right? Yeah. You can. Okay. Yeah, so you should be you should be good carrying case. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. I I am definitely going to be considering this. Um Yeah. I'm in I'm in the Steam world, so to me it makes sense. Yeah, and for those parents out there who know nothing about gaming or electronics i'm appreciative of you listening to our gaming and tech podcast but just in case um your kid's gonna appreciate a steam deck more than the playstation portal <laughs> i'm just gonna put that out there <laughs> get them a steam deck this is, yeah, but it's, yeah that's, it's that's the other thing too that i worry about because there are parents like that so when it comes to the playstation playstation portal like there are parents who just want to make their kids happy and, and get them cool stuff but they don't they don't know what to get they just kind of randomly start start purchasing stuff and buy into the sales hype i'm worried about the parents who think like i can't afford the ps5 but i can get the playstation portal not thinking mm. and realizing you still need the playstation you still need the ps5 <laughs> right i feel nervous for them for that because I know that happens. I, 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 it's happened to me growing up. It's, it's, I've had friends who buy stuff and they don't ask me before they buy, like, they buy it for their kids. And they're like, did you know this? I was like, yeah. Why didn't you tell me? I didn't know you were buying it. Right. Exactly. A little information could go a long way. Could go a long way. Yeah. So, Looking good. Steam Deck OLED looking good. You know, I see I see some pictures on X, you know, in the wild, you know, people are using it or, you know, prepping their reviews and impressions and things of that nature. You know, it looks really, really good. So I know that um, 
It's only a matter of time. So that's what's going on with that. Uh, next thing we have uh, GTA 6 uh, trailer early December. Will you play GTA when it comes out? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I remember like, really maybe a year, two years ago, I got really tired of hearing about Grand Theft Auto 5 because it's been out for so long and you hear nothing about 6. I mean, they teased that 6 was kind of, you know, being planned out like a couple years ago, but then you hear nothing else about it. So now we're finally going to get a trailer in what it could be like a few weeks from now. So it's exciting that we actually get to see something. Now, if it's going to include, like, we can be really hopeful that it includes any type of like early gameplay footage or something in there. Um, I would love to really hear about everything. Cause I, I believe that there was some leak that they had. What was it a year ago, two years ago? I can't remember mm. that had some suffering um, GTA six, but you know, that was a while ago. You don't know when, you know, what was leaked when that was actually you know, if it was an idea or something that we're still hashing out to work out. So we don't fully know what GTA 6 will entail. We're just really excited because it's been it's been 10 years and a lot has changed in 10 years. Um, GTA 5, just playing the story, was a lot of fun. Uh, very questionable <laughs> about if you could play certain scenes on on Twitch. But then 10 years ago, Twitch wasn't as um, what it is now. Who knows? Um, so y- you can expect a lot of those things. I would assume expect a lot of those things in GTA 6 as well. Yeah, I'm sure I'll play it at some point. It's uh, one of those games where you have to run around and see what's going on with it, right? And yeah. I definitely am going to keep it on the radar for sure. And Danielle, I'm actually looking for the changes for the OBS 30 update. I'm looking at their website right now and I don't see something that specifically lists the changes. So I'm I'm gonna keep looking here. It's trying to have me download uh the version 29 but I don't see the release notes for the version 30. Uh, but yeah, I, I do want to find that because I do want to add that to to this conversation. OBS version 30 um, updates. Maybe it'll be on their updates. We're actually doing this in real time. Okay, so 30 was a release candidate uh, release. Uh, okay, so I think I may be finding something there. Uh, the the last couple of things that we have while I'm looking for this, we're going to speak about uh, Netflix Geeked Week. And we're, we're definitely going to end it uh, somewhere with um, Avatar The Last Airbender. So we de- definitely have that to, to chop it up about. OK, so 30.0 features for OBS Studio 30. I just want to see if anything that really sticks out. They added a safe mode. That runs OBS without third-party plugins, scripting, and web sockets. That's interesting. Uh, added a YouTube live control room panel when streaming to YouTube. That is interesting. Uh, let me see uh, what else they have for new features. Uh, web RTC output uh, redesigned the status bar. I do see those changes when I'm looking at the status bar because I'm actually recording this conversation right now with OBS Studio. And the bottom section where you see the frames per second, the uh, CPU, uh, the the red, you know, you're currently recording and then the antenna bars, you know, that you see on, on your phone is kind of like a new design that they added. Uh, so you can see that, you know, they've made some changes uh, with uh, UI stuff. So uh, I definitely want to mention that and put that into the conversation. I'm I'm not aware that you use OBS. You're using XSplit. You're using XSplit because you have the lifetime, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're using XSplit. Uh, so, yeah. So I definitely want to see what else they have for for the OBS. I'm going to be using it to stream on X and I may be using Streamlabs as well uh, to go back and forth to see the differences between the two. They also added support for Intel QSV, H264, HEVC. And an AV1 on Linux. So that's interesting. So definitely check that out if you're on the Linux platform. 
Um, so wanted to add that in. Uh, next one that we have, Daniela, Netflix Geek Week. You spent more time catching that. I kind of missed most of it. Um, so just let us know what you saw you liked about that. And then we'll talk about Avatar afterwards. They have some really great trailers and it's like a good portion of it is, is like what we're going to be expecting to see in 2024. But a lot of it is coming out in the next like two months. So that is that's pretty cool. I mean, the only thing I didn't I didn't I don't really care for is really the games that they have coming to there. If you don't know, if you have the Netflix app on your phone, they do have a game section in there. You can go and download games in there unless you, you don't, for whatever reason, don't want to use the Google Play or the Apple Store. I still don't understand that concept still, but hmm. they do have the games that they're adding into there. Um, you know, stuff that you probably already had, like Slayway Camp 2, Netflix and Kill. They had the Braid Anniversary Edition, which actually that one was pretty good. I actually have that on Steam. Um, so in the Anniversary Edition, they just like be beautified and redid some certain things. But the core gameplay in there is still there and the and the, and the beautiful um, uh, gameplay of it all. But really, like they had... I won't go over all of all, all of the trailers, but clearly uh, they added some extra little, little blooper scenes from from One Piece that came out a few months ago. So it's going to be a hot minute before we get One Piece season two. Um, but there is a whole manga and, <laughs> and anime. If you want to go and catch up on that anime, you can watch it. I think you can watch up to episode 421 on Netflix. But to see all 1,075 episodes, you're going to need Crunchyroll. Um, I am currently on episode, <laughs> a ridiculous amount, episode 575. I have five more, 500 more episodes to go. Wow. But, um, you know, that, that took off. What did catch me on, like, off guard that I didn't realize is that um, I'm going to have to add this to my watch list because I'm going to be honest, I don't know anything really about this anime. I know it's out there. I've never watched it, so I don't know what the whole story behind it was. But the trailer looked good. It was for Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, where, you know, in this trailer, it's like you you have him, you know, he's dead. He was reanimated or brought back to life to fight off. I don't know, monsters. I know this sounds really, really, really bad. I'm so sorry for the fans of Yu Yu Hakusho, but I thought that was really cool. And I also find it very interesting that they are really jumping into these live action adaptations. Um, so far, One Piece is fantastic live action version. And I, 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 I'm so happy that they did a good job. I'm I'm not disappointed with it. I, I, I loved it. So for them to be like picking up others is very interesting to me. And they look really good. Here, my problem with it is like, okay, Cowboy Bebop. That was canceled after one season and I can understand why. So even though the trailer can look really great and fantastic, it really has to depend on how they're telling the story um, and how it's just like being played across on the screen. So you can always have those high hopes, but then, you know, again, Cowboy Bebop canceled after one season. Um, it just wasn't hitting the same way. Whereas I do, I feel like One Piece, I think it can do really well. Um, we're going to talk about Avatar after something. Um, but, you know, they had Dead Boy Detectives, which I believe Netflix bought the rights from WB, Warner Brothers to do that that looks fun i don't know too much about it but it falls into the universe i, I think for sandman and that looked like the trailer it looked really fun so it's about these two two guys who are dead um they died like decades apart and they ended up meeting and now they're detectives solving um other ghost problems while trying to avoid death pulling them to wherever they may be that just seems like a lot of fun to watch. Um, you have a <laughs> all of Netflix favorite there of Millie Bobby um, in Damsel, which is a very interesting concept. I, I kind of actually found that really funny. Not funny, but an interesting little twist because you're Damsel, you're, you think about princesses and they need to be saved. Where in this trailer, 
um, you find this princess who thinks she made this really great match and uh, is going to go live in this beautiful kingdom, but she ends up that she is going to be sacrificed and thrown into this cave where there's a fire-breathing dragon and she tries to hold out thinking that she will be saved just to realize she has to save herself. Mm. I'm like, okay, I like that little twist there. Um, What else? What else was there that was pretty, pretty good? Like you have Castlevania. Um, they have t- um, Tomb Raider, the Legend of Laura Croft that was brought into it. Um, you have The Witcher, Sirens of the Deep. And then it, it, there was a lot. And I think what's great is this that I think it hits a lot of different fans for a lot of different things. And what I find interesting is like a lot of these were like, it was a good mixture between new series that they're coming out with on top of being movies. Um, more series than there were movies, at least I, I think so. Um, and then, you know, you have longtime fan favorites like the Umbrella Academy. They brought that up without really saying what a, a season four is going to be, but we all know that's going to be the last season. So I, I'm kind of sad about that, excited and, and sad. But um, I think one that I was totally not on my radar that is really fun um, is the Archie. So if you like Riverdale, this isn't quite it. <laughs> but if you like the Archie's universe and you watch like the or read um, the the 60s, I believe it came out in the 60s. Yeah, it had to be um, comic books. So this is coming out of India. So it's a musical. And I kind of have a little love for musicals. And then I did like watching, um, not watching, reading Archie's comics um, wherever I could find it. I didn't watch, I didn't read them all, but I, I loved it. It was always around somehow, somewhere. And I would just pick up and read it. Um, so this is very much, I think, I think having an, a production crew and cast that's in India for a musical is... Yes, because I love Bollywood movies and shows. I love how how they do their their musicals. It's so bright and colorful. But then this is the Archies that's based in the sixties. So mm. of of everything that they announced, those are definitely some of the things that really like really popped out at me. I mean, Rebel Moon was good. Then you have like a horror detective like timepiece of Gyeon Sung um creature. Yeah. I already add them all for notifications on Netflix, which you can totally go and do. You can see it. And if you open up the app, um, it's easier to navigate in the app rather than on desktop or even um on the app if you have Fire TV or Roku or anything like that. Um it's definitely easier to do in the app if you look for what's hot and coming up. Um, it's in the there's a bottom picture over there, but just just add notify me when it comes on. It's all in there. Now I we can go it. to the 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 number one reason and probably the only thing that people really pulled out of Netflix Geek Week, which is Avatar: The Last Airbender. Avatar: The Last Airbender. That's is, that's it. <laughs> that's the tweet. I, I that is a that is the tweet because that is the bit definitely the biggest thing that everybody like if if anything it was just that because I I can't say that a lot of people watched Netflix Geek Week it wasn't like a huge talked about about everything that they came out with I mean there's definitely news outlets that broke down Geek Week but like general fans or just like people who like to watch shows. Avatar Last Airbender was the hottest topic of of everything. I don't even think people even realize a lot of the other shows that were announced, but this was definitely up there. And the casting, the casting is so superb in my mind. I mean, when you you think of Aang in the animated, in the anime, and then you see this live action, like this kid is... Ang, no doubt. Yeah, they did a really, really good job. Like all of them, even Sokka. It like 
oh my goodness i i can't i can't get over how well they casted this so far and the thing is this is like i want to be excited i want to be so excited but you have like the success of like one piece who like you know the actor who's playing luffy that is luffy embodied and then <laughs> you see another attempt at another anime which is like on the opposite side of the spectrum of cowboy bebop that was like we had high hopes for and it didn't meet and then you get avatar which you do not want this to be ruined i mean m night Shyamalan already did that um, but even even if all we get is just avatar's trailer it was or it's already a thousand times better than that movie right which is why you have to be excited uh, i'm excited you know just just be excited it looks really good it does and I, I can't wait. It's just like a couple more months. I just oh my goodness. It just looks yeah. so good. It does. It it really does. I'm excited for it. You know, I think that, you know, the trailer I watched a couple of times, I was like, wow, they really nailed. They really nailed it. And you gotta give it to them. And I hope it's one of those things that we see for, you know, at least a few seasons, right? You know, as long as they can do it, you know, that'd be great to see. So, yes, yeah, so I'm ready. I'm excited for it. And that's the other thing, too. There are some great shows on Netflix that Netflix just decides to cancel. Mm. Ugh. Please don't cancel. If it's really good, Netflix, just leave it alone. Let it, let it run its full course. Let it let us enjoy it for several years. Oh, yeah, we'll see. Man. We'll see. But no, it looks good. It looks good. It, it looks really, really good. Uh, what else looks good? The OLED Steam Deck looks good. You know, Starfield yeah. looks good. Mortal Kombat looks good. I mean, we got, it's been, layoffs don't look good. But, you know, we hope everybody bounces back from that. But oh, yeah, that no. is. Yeah. <laughs> That is, you know, that is the the valley when it comes, you know, to the game industry, you know, and other industries that are experiencing layoffs. You know, I think uh, I briefly saw Amazon laid off, you know, some individuals from their game division, right? Yes, some. I did see that. A hundred, almost two hundred there. Yeah. 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 So. um, It's the year of layoffs. I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, I I definitely am really sensitive to that because, you know, and we've talked about in the past where, you know, I had to, um, you know, sit down for a while for loss of income, you know, for uh, some very, very peculiar reasons, uh, which, you know, at some point I'll tell that that story. But, you know, loss of income in any way, shape or form is a bummer, you know, and it hits the family. You know, it really, really hits the family, you know, like, uh, a media or a comment, whatever. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, bouncing back from that, you know, some people are are ready for it and some people may not necessarily be ready for it because it's, you know, unexpected. So, so you have to be sensitive to those things. And although, you know, this was, you know, an incredible year for a lot of games, a lot of projects, you know, a lot of people navigating into different uh, arenas, you know, for themselves or for their families, you know, we just hope everybody bounces back from you know this part of things so yeah yeah it's rough yeah. that's where like regardless if you're part of the layoff or if you feel comfy in your job I, I think especially if you feel too comfy in your job and you feel like you have nothing to worry for I still highly recommend like always learning new skills even if it's like one skill a year you will be amazed where you can possibly use that skill if you're found in a tight situation. Right. No, absolutely. No, you're absolutely right about that, which is why I'm venturing off, right? I'm on X and, you know, streaming there, doing spaces there, you know, TSRX, you know, we, we are doing like spaces on there that is independent of this show. This is the big brother will always be. And, you know, that format is not going to be here. I don't think that I want to mix the content. I definitely want to keep them separate. 
So whatever conversations happen in the spaces will stay there. But our our conversations, you know, my conversation with you or anybody we invite specifically to have conversations will stay here. So I want to keep that independence. I wanted to just mention that uh, since we're here. But uh, yeah, I think that there are definitely different places that we can, you know, venture off and see what what's happening, the changes that they're making on these different platforms and hopefully create, you know, different streams of income for us, you know, on those on those platforms, too. So, yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, that's all I have for 649. Daniela, any final thoughts? Um, you know, I'm, I'm just going to keep them for myself. I think I'm good. I'm good. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So this has been episode 649. Daniela, where can they find you? You can find me on all the social platforms at Miss DJM. And Andrew, where can they find you? You can find me at Uriah, U-R-I-Y-Y-A. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys.